welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. You'll also want to tune in today at 10 a.m. when On Point, the show that follows Detroit Today airs. I am going to be one of the guests with uh, the host there uh, talking about the Supreme Court hearings this week uh, in Washington and the likely confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to be the next Supreme Court justice. Again, 10 a.m. right after we end Detroit Today. The November election is just a little less than three weeks away, and it is almost hard to believe it's so close after all that has happened leading up to this moment. Here on Detroit Today, we're going to be exploring a lot of issues over the next couple of weeks related to those elections. We'll look at major campaign issues and the state of American politics in 2020 with experts and journalists and candidates. But we also want to spend a significant amount of our time talking with just regular voters here in Metro Detroit. So each week leading up to November 3rd, we plan to invite a panel of voters here onto the show to talk about the things that are most important to them and what's on their minds as they finalize their voting plans. And of course, we really want to hear from you during these shows. How are you feeling about the election? What issues are resonating with you and influencing the way that you are going to vote? And of course, how are you coping with the enormous stress of modern politics laid over a global pandemic? As always, you can give us a call this hour at 313-577-1019 or send us a tweet with your comment or question using the hashtag Detroit Today. And joining us now for our inaugural voter panel of 2020 are two people here in Metro Detroit who have unique perspectives on the election and the issues at play. Amina Army is a voter from Woodhaven. She joins us now. Amina, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. Yes. And Mike, a voter from Troy who is not using his last name, uh, but wants to talk about uh, the choices that he's making, is also vo- joining us. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. Yeah. So let's start with you guys introducing yourselves to our listeners. Uh, Amina, tell us a little bit about who you are. Thanks, Stephen. Um, so I was born in the city of Detroit in the summer of 1967, um, <laughs> wow. lived in Detroit. Yeah. So just, just a couple of weeks before, um, we became front and center on the national stage, mm. um, lived in Detroit, um, first 20 some years of my life and then stayed in Wayne County and, um, in the suburbs of Detroit, um, still have family in the city, um, find the the beauty and the grit of the city just um, captivating and quite attractive. Um, been in Woodhaven for about 13 years, um, and I, I identify as a Democratic voter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, welcome, uh, Amina, and we will, we will dig into some of those details a little bit uh, more in, in just a little bit. Uh, Mike uh, from Troy, give us an idea of, uh, of who you are. Uh, Stephen, I was born and raised in Toledo. Uh, spent the last 33, I've spent 33 of the last 40 years in Troy. 
had short stints living in both Miami and Boston. Um, I'm the oldest of six children. I literally lived above my dad's small corner store until I entered first grade, and then that building was torn down, which gives you some idea of the condition it was in. Mm. Um, I uh, began working in my dad's store at a young age, saved my money, and used 100% of what I'd saved to pay for my first semester at a small college. Um, after grad school, I joined uh, a, the commercial banking department of a Detroit bank, and uh, that was the cause of the move to, to this area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I want to start off with talking about a little bit of history for both of you. I want to talk about how you voted in the past and how that aligns with how you're seeing things come into into focus here uh, in 2020. There are some big choices in front of us. The presidential election, of course, is the biggest. Uh, Amina, uh, you said that you identify as a Democrat. Talk about uh, your voting history and how that's uh, influencing what you plan to do in just a few weeks. Um, so my voting history is I pretty much have been down the ballot um, in support of the Democratic candidates. Um, and that has not been um, just because, you know, I, I, I look at what people are saying they stand for. Um, and that's really what we have to go off of what they say. And you can look at their track record. Um, why I do that? Because um, I just believe that even though we have, you know, we have a either or position pretty much, you know, and it's and it's kind of the extreme on either side, um, just that the Democratic Party is more in alignment with my values um, and with the the my worldview and how I would like to see um, this world show up. Mm. Uh, Mike, what about you? Well, I identify as an independent voter and uh, I'm I'm more conservative on fiscal issues and more progressive on social issues. Um, After moving to the area, I've lived in Troy, uh, as I mentioned, for 33 years. Back in the 80s and the 90s, I often voted Republican, um, particularly in in the primaries, because oftentimes the Republicans ran unopposed in this area. Troy has changed quite a bit. I moved back to the area in 2016, and uh, there are candidates on both sides, and I voted Democratic in the the primary. Um, And I I find myself leaning more and more to the Democratic side. Uh, I'm kind of appalled by the direction the Republican Party has has taken in recent years. Hmm. Uh, let's also talk about how you both plan to vote this year. That's a, a question that is, I think, somewhat unusual. Normally, we all <clears throat> get up on Election Day and go to wherever our polling site is and, and cast our ballots there because of the pandemic, but also because of some reforms to voting here in Michigan, there, there are lots of different ways to, to make sure that your vote gets cast and counted. 
Are you planning to go on Election Day to, to vote, or are you taking advantage of one of these other ways? Mike, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing an absentee ballot. I did it in the uh, primary as well. Um, concerns over the uh, pandemic uh, led me to, to, to going that direction. Um, but I found uh, that I think I did a better job as a voter ha- having the opportunity to look things up about the candidates while I was uh, preparing the, the ballot. And uh, that's what I'll be doing in the general election as well. Mm. Uh, Amina, what about you? I will be um, using my absentee ballot. And I agree with Mike about um, the opportunity to really research um, the candidates. You know, as I mentioned, I'm, I am Democratic, so I am voting. Dem- I am voting for the Democratic candidates. But there are a number of um, ballot issues and also the judges. Um, I want to know what these people stand for, some of what their history is. So I appreciate the opportunity um, to have that free space and time to do some investigation. Yeah. So I want to get to the meat of the, the, the questions that are facing voters and, and you two and lots of other people right now. This is an extraordinary election, not just because of the candidate uh, who is at the top of uh, the ticket, uh, the, the president of the United States who's seeking re-election and all of the unusual aspects of his tenure in the White House, of his campaign and, and things like that, but also because we're in the middle of a pandemic, something that hasn't happened on this scale in almost a century. And we're at a moment of inflection, I think, in the in the ongoing discussion about racism and inequality here in America. And I, I, I just imagine voters feeling a little overwhelmed by all of the things that are happening as they're trying to prepare to vote. Amina, I'm going to start with you. Talk about the things that are on your mind as you're looking at your ballot and filling it out. I know that, that you said that you, you plan to vote Democratic but, but what are the issues that, for you, are framing that choice more than, than other things? Wow, there's a list. <laughs> so I'll... <laughs> I think everybody so top, has a list right now. <laughs> every, right, everybody has a list. So I will say top of mind um, really uh, is voting rights and voter suppression. Um, you know, being a black woman in the metro Detroit area um, in the United States of America right now and seeing what's going on, um, how this very strategic and systematic um, implementation of taking the taking our, our right and access to vote, um, that is definitely top of mind, hmm. um, but also health care, um, abortion rights, education, um, you know, and, and the stuff that isn't on the ballot, you know, things like term limits and campaign finance and and looking at police. Um, I call it resource funding and reallocation instead of defunding the police. Mm. Um, you know, the, the power of language and how you frame those um, ideas and arguments um, has a tremendous impact on, on, on the reaction, the emotion that people um, draw forth from. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Mike, t- talk to us about what's on your mind as you prepare to, to vote. Well, I, I think the overriding concern is uh, the um, increased 
inequality in the country, uh, the concentration of wealth, the hollowing out of the middle class, uh, the inability of poorer Americans to make ends meet. And uh, I, I think that the Democrats are uh, better suited to address those issues. Uh, we've gotten there partly by uh, what I consider kind of a malicious tax policy that has really benefited the wealthiest Americans and not so much the rest of us. Um, so, I, I, again, I think inequality, it touches a number of different things, including education. Uh, you know, we have a, a very um, inequitable way of funding education here in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. But I also think that extends to national education policy as well. Um, also, I'd say the election is a referendum on Trump. And I think he's been very damaging to the country. Uh, he's an authoritarian. I think he's tried to under, undermine and turn to his advantage all other institutions of government. Uh, he's attacked the press. And, uh, you know, he's, he's made uh, an enemy of, of what is really his loyal opposition. And I think all of those are very, very damaging to the political discourse and, and really to democracy itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. <clears throat> I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you are tuning in. Uh, today is the first show of several that we will do before the November 3rd elections, where we are just talking to voters here in Metro Detroit, talking to them about the issues that are on their minds as we all prepare to vote, at least uh, by Election Day, if not on Election Day itself. We're talking to them about the candidates who are on the ballot, and we're talking about the expectations that they have for balloting this year, given all the differences that we're all experiencing. We also want to hear from you, the listeners, this hour about how you're feeling about this election. What issues are resonating with you as you prepare to fill out your ballots? Uh, What are the things that uh, are influencing your decisions about who to vote for for president of the United States or for many of the other local contests that we have here in the state of Michigan or in Metro Detroit? We have a very hot Senate race going on right now between Gary Peters, who is seeking his first re-election to Uh, that Senate seat, and John James, a challenger who also challenged Debbie Stabenow two years ago for her Senate seat. Um, Give us a call. Tell us how you're taking all of this in and how you're making sense of it in advance of actually voting. Also call and tell us how you're voting. Are you going to vote absentee? Are you going to mail in your ballot? Or are you going to go and stand in whatever line there is on November 3rd at your polling place to cast your ballot the way that we always end up voting. As always here on the phones, the number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, I would also love to hear from listeners about what they did last night. 
Uh, I thought last night was an extraordinary moment in American politics. Rather than have uh, the second of three scheduled debates between the presidential candidates, we ended up with two town halls, two separate town halls, uh, aired at the same time. So if you wanted to watch one, you weren't going to be able to watch the other. I would really love to know, did you watch the president uh, who was in Florida with voters talking about his reelection bid? Or did you watch uh, Joe Biden, who I believe was in, uh, was in Pennsylvania, uh, talking with voters? Uh, and what did you make of having to make that choice? Uh, did that make a lot of sense? Does that sort of sum up one of the problems that we have right now with politics uh, in this country. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Before we get to listeners, uh, Amina and Mike, I want to get your reaction to what we saw last night, This, this these town halls. Uh, did you watch? Did you think that this was odd? Or is this just where we are in America right now? Amina, I'll start with you. Um, I think it's just where we are in America. I watched um, the Biden town hall. Um, I wasn't interested in watching the Trump town hall. Um, I did get snippets of it from some of the, um, you know, the the news programs and and their commentators afterwards. Um, and the snippets that I saw of President Trump were what I what I would have expected to see had I tuned in to watch him, Um, you know, avoiding questions, always coming back to himself rather than addressing the issue, giving specific answers, um, helping us to understand how this affects, you know, the people on Main Street, you know, how this affects, you know, the rest of the country. Um, I appreciated um, former Vice President Biden's um, approach Um, It was definitely um, very, you felt as though he were really talking to you, that there was a sense that he he cares about you, an individual, um, and that he is driven by a desire to do the best for all of the people of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, that that connection that he's trying to make with voters through the television screen, which we saw in the first debate, and, and you're right. There was some of that last night, I think, is is a really interesting strategy to try to draw contrast with uh, with the president whose style, you know, no matter what you think of what he's doing is is just really, really different. Uh, so it's really interesting that you you have picked up on that as well. Mike, uh, tell us what you did last night. Well, uh, after decades of refusing to watch debates because I, I viewed them as uh, uh Two candidates trying to uh, come up with the, the most effective soundbite and really not debating the issues. I liked the format uh, last night. I watched about half of the Biden town hall, and then I watched all of the Trump town hall on replay. Mm. So, um, I, I, <laughs> so I you got really, both. <laughs> I got both, yeah. Um, and I really preferred the, the uh, format. I think uh, Savannah Guthrie did a fabulous job, uh, certainly um, one of the better uh, performances of a moderator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she followed up with Trump while remaining respectful 
and uh, did a really effective job of of trying to pin him down. Not always successfully, but I, I think she did as well as could be expected. And uh, so, uh, and I do think she was right that uh, uh, in in suggesting that. He's uh, just like your crazy uncle, um, and uh, so yes, I, I uh, again, this is the first time in many decades that I've actually watched the debates. I, you know, Mike, I think that's that's fascinating that that uh, that you might even prefer this format to to the debates, and maybe there are a lot of people who who did because. At least they're not shouting at each other or arguing or talking exactly. over the moderator the way that they the way that they have. That is uh, that's a really interesting exactly. perspective. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Amina Army and Mike, a voter from Troy, about their choices in the upcoming election, and we are going to get to you. On the phones, Mel in Livonia, Kevin in Livonia, Martha in Lake Orion. We'll hear from you. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there. We've got a couple comments we'll want to work into the conversation as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 1019 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. I'm talking today with Amina Army, who is a voter from Woodhaven, and Mike, a voter from Troy, about the choices that they're about to make, like all of us are, in the next few weeks as we get up to November 3rd, which is Election Day. This is the first of several shows that we will do Uh, like this before November 3rd, where we just invite voters on to talk about how they're taking in all this information, how they're reacting to the circumstances that surround this election, and what they plan to do. Of course, we want to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone's call, and tell us how you're going to vote, uh, whether you're going to vote absentee or mail-in or go to the polls. Tell us what issues are resonating the most with you right now. What are the things that are on your mind as you're making up your mind about who to vote for, not just for president, but also the many, many other choices that we get to make at the state and local level. And tell us what your expectations are for all of this. Uh, Where will we be on November 4th, the morning of November 4th, uh, as a nation after this incredibly tumultuous year and one of the most important elections that uh, any of us probably can remember. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll try to work you in. I'm going to start with Martha in Lake Orion. Martha, welcome to the program. Thank you, Stephen. Hi. Uh, First comment, uh, the woman on your panel there, uh, I I really appreciate what she said about the words that you choose to use are important. Mm. There are big differences in how words hit people just by simple choices. And, you know, we need to think about those when we are talking to people who are with us or against us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, my two questions are, number one, when I was in high school, they used to 
teach us how to vote. We did mock votings, and the ballots were counted. I don't know if they do that anymore, but I don't think a lot of people have remembered that when you vote, you don't have to vote for every category on the ballot. If, If you don't know who the people are running for a certain office, you don't have to take a guess and maybe put down a vote for somebody that wouldn't be good by your standards, hmm. you can skip that category. You can leave it blank. Yeah. And, and when you when they run it through the machine, it'll say you forgot to vote for this section, and you can say that's okay. I still want to submit the rest of my ballot, and it will take it. And a lot of people say, I don't have time to, to research all the I need to know to put my ballot in yeah. and to go vote. You don't have to. If there are five people that are important to you to go vote for, go vote for them. Yeah, yeah, Martha, that's a great that's a great piece of advice, uh, and I'm glad you called to share that with listeners. And, and it's something that I have to admit I don't always think about the the the, the number of choices that people have on the ballot, and maybe the potential that they feel a little intimidated sometimes by all those choices because they don't have a lot of information about it. Uh, Mike, you were talking before the break about the importance of that sort of down ballot choice that uh, that people get to make and how you do it. Uh, give us a sense of how you get information about those those races. You, you mentioned judges uh, and, and some other offices. How do you make sure that, that you actually know who's running and know something about them? Well, there are a couple of uh, online voting guides, and uh, I apologize for not knowing the names of them offhand, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the good thing about it is that uh, at least one of them had interviews with the candidates, uh, which which you never see on television or uh, other forums. So uh, I found that a very good way to compare the candidates on those uh, down-ballot yeah. uh, posts. Yeah, uh, the League of Women Voters, of course, always has a really great yes. voter voter guide. Uh, but as you mentioned, there are there are several others as well. Uh, Amina in Woodhaven, tell us what is going on locally that that you're paying attention to these down ballot races. Um, for me, it was primarily the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, again, these are these are people who get to make decisions that um, can impact me or that can impact my children. Um, I want to know how, you know, how you have um, administered justice in the past. I want to know what your philosophy is. So those were the primary issues for me that um, caused me to stop completing my ballot and uh, schedule some time to do some of those, do an internet search. Yeah. Um, to to see you know what it, what do you believe at least what do you say you believe and and where are you finding that info about judges um again just um some websites some have um and i can't think of any names um just some that have stated what their kind of philosophy is um what they believe um and it's not always complete you know some people don't take the time to um fill those out or mm-hmm. provide any information, which I says, which I think speaks a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you can't, if you want this office and you want this position, um, can you, 
is it really that important to you if you can't take a moment to um, put your philosophy, your ideology, your principles out there so people have an opportunity to, to really just scrutinize it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, your decisions impact people's lives. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, directly in in those local those local judge races. Again, Martha, thank you very much for the call and the perspective. Let's go to Barry in Green Oak Township. Barry, welcome to the show. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to say a couple of things. Last night's format I found interesting, and then I found it very symbolic of where the country is right now. You uh-huh. had one candidate from one party on one network, the other candidate for the other party on the other network. Uh, if you want to hear both of them, you had to kind of flip between the two. It's just, <laughs> to me, it's symbolic of the separation that exists in this country right now. Uh, the other comment I wanted to make is in regards to what this country is going to be like after this election. I'm hopeful that Joseph Biden is our next president, uh, but I don't expect Donald Trump to follow the tradition that past presidents have, where they go quietly into their private lives. Uh, we've seen that with Obama. We've seen it with Bush, Clinton, and Carter, you know, our living presidents. They don't comment much uh, over the last four years in terms of what Donald Trump has meant to this country. Uh, I expect Donald Trump to break that tradition as he has with many others and uh, will be a loud, aggrieved president, hmm. even should he lose this, uh, this, this election. I don't expect him to go quietly into his private life. And unfortunately, I think 30% of this country is going to stay with him. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know, Barry. I think that's a really interesting thing to, to try to think out is if the president loses, what does he go do? Does he go back to some sort of private life or does he try to seek the attention that he seems to thrive on so much as president outside of uh, outside of the White House? I think that's going to be one of the more fascinating Things that happens, whether he loses this time or whether he is, you know, leaving office in in eight years because he's term limited. I think he's such an unusual uh, and and strange public figure at this point that it would be hard to imagine him retreating to to a much more private life. But uh, but I really appreciate the call and the perspective there, Barry. Thank you. Let's go to Bob in Harper Woods. Bob, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Hey. Uh, I think that my points have already been covered to some degree. In, in particular, I was addressing the woman who spoke about filling out a partial ballot. Uh-huh. Uh, the way I see this is that this is an excellent example of, well, reverse example, of why we should have mail-in voting. Whenever you fill out a mail-in ballot, you have the time to research the candidates, mm. and you can decide for yourself whether you yay or nay, and uh, if you still feel you don't have enough information, well, okay. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not very up on the uh, board of the governors of the University of Michigan and what their <laughs> policies are, mm-hmm. so I may leave that one blank. But nonetheless, the luxury, and it's not a luxury at all, of a mail-in ballot is the opportunity to research the candidates thoroughly and and choose with uh, with knowledge rather than just uh, by guess and by gosh yeah. or yeah. by believing some other politician. 
No, Bob, I'm glad you called and echoed that that sentiment. I mean, I think that's it's one of the things that that is new to us here in Michigan because of the changes that we made to voting in 2018 and giving people the ability to vote absentee for whatever reason they choose. And lots more people are exercising that option, exercising that right. And they are finding that, again, time to be able to think about things, to maybe make some choices and take some time to find out about other races is is a good thing and is something that, that helps them make better better choices. Uh, Bob, I'm really appreciative uh, of the call and the thoughts. Okay, before we get back to listeners, and we've still got lots of folks on the phones that uh, want to participate in this conversation, I want to get back to our panel of voters here and ask about um, the after the election. This has been one of the most tumultuous years that any of us, I think, can can remember. And our politics just seem upside down in so many different ways. And it's not just because of the president and his uh, abnormalities or irregularities or the things that he's doing that, that we just aren't accustomed to seeing from a president. There There is lots about our politics that seem that seem broken. And I think that helps explain some of the passion and especially some of the anger that we are seeing coming out in the the massive social movement that uh, was inspired uh, by by Black Lives Matter. So I, I wonder what you make about the possibility of something really unusual happening after this election and the opportunity after this election to really refocus on bringing people together around some common values, uh, getting to the space where there is more justice for, uh, for, for people in this country, especially people, black and brown people who have suffered for so long without it. Um, I, I, I just would love to hear both of you talk about what you think November 4th will be like and what January 1st, 2020 might bring us. Uh, Amina, I'll start with you. Thanks, Stephen. Um, so you had mentioned earlier kind of about looking forward to no- November 4th. I'm looking more so towards forward to, uh, to November 5th. Um, I think <laughs> that the 4th, regardless of the outcome, um, is is just going to be um, an overwhelming, sound, bite-filled day. Um, and I... I don't think that all of the ballots will be um, anywhere near counted. Mm. Um, But I think that day is just going to be a day that we're just, there's going to be a lot more noise than fact. Um, I think maybe that extra day to go through a news cycle may calm some things down um, and give us a better insight into what's happening. Um, I think uh, the Biden Harris ticket will win. Um, but I say that with the caveat of, um, you know, how, how does the effort towards voter suppression impact that? Mm-hmm. I think if all things were equal, um, if we were not in this space of, you know, making sure my vote doesn't count, um, that it really would be a, a Biden-Harris victory. 
Um, so not November 4th, uh, looking forward to November 5th. Um, and you know, I think that if Trump is a loser, that he will exercise every, um, legal and probably I won't say illegal, (laughs) but, um, unethical, you know, um, method available to him, um, to hold on to this, to hold on to that seat. Yeah. 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 Um, Mike, uh, tell us what your anticipation is like for November 3rd and 4th. And as Amina points out, maybe maybe it's November 5th we ought to be thinking about <laughs> as the new the new world. Well, what I would say is that I hope whichever way the election goes, that it's decisive, because I do think there is a risk of uh, violence if the decision drags out, if it ends up in the courts. Um, if uh, there are voting, large voting irregularities. Uh, so, so I'm hoping that it's decisive and that we have uh, have an answer fairly, fairly early. Um, either either uh, election uh, election night or the follow early the following day. Um, I'm pretty confident that if Trump loses, that that he will leave. Uh, but as Amina says, I think he'll exhaust every legal possibility if if there's um, any question about the election uh, as it was in Florida a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had a conversation yesterday with uh, Bart Gelman of The Atlantic, who says that he thinks this is the election that could, quote unquote, break America and that uh, the, the, the the democratic institutions that we've all come to kind of rely on to hold things together are really creaky and and really vulnerable right now. I I spent a long time yesterday trying to to kind of plead with him about about uh, why that might not happen and and why things will hold together. But I think everybody has uh, has a, a little bit of anxiety about uh, all of this and how mm-hmm. it will play out and what the what the reaction will be not just from from president trump but from from other from other americans okay we're going to pause here to take another break and when we come back we'll continue talking with Amina from Woodhaven and Mike from Troy about their voting choices. We want to continue to hear from you as well. Kevin in Livonia we'll hear from you next on the phones if you want to join him. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll also get to some Twitter comments when we get back. Call and tell us what you're feeling. Just three weeks before Election Day 2020. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9. WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, 
Thanks very much for joining us. I'm talking this hour with Amina Army, Amina Army, who is a voter from Woodhaven here in Metro Detroit. Uh, we're also talking with Mike, a voter from Troy. Uh, this is the first show of a few that we're going to do before November 3rd, where we gather Metro Detroit voters together to talk about the choices that we are about to make on November 3rd and what's influencing those choices, what issues are framing the decisions that people will make on November 3rd at the ballot box and how the circumstances under which this election is unfolding uh, is really affecting all of us, uh, the way that we have to vote, the pandemic that, of course, is still not under control in many ways, uh, and, of course, the massive social movement that has revealed itself uh, as a much more formidable force in our dialogue, our political dialogue this year. Uh, We want to hear from you as well about what you're thinking as we get closer and closer to November 3rd. What are the issues that are really framing the choices that you'll make at the ballot box? Uh, Also, how are you voting We have so many choices about the way that we can vote this year that weren't available to everybody just two years ago. Are you voting absentee? Are you going to mail in your ballot? Or are you going to go to the polls, uh, which is the way that we traditionally make these choices? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation here. Let's go to Kevin in Livonia. Kevin, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I am out in the field daily, um, so I'm used to wearing PPE, and I'm looking forward to going to the polls on voting day as I'm not intimidated by uh all the fear that they they talk about people standing in line for hours and hours and hours and not having an opportunity to vote. Um, As far as I'm concerned, being, uh, I'd say I'm a Republican, um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still not hearing the meat and potatoes of the debate between Biden and Trump that I really look forward to to help me say, yes, this is a person that I want to have in office because of these reasons. Um, the discussions of police reform we know will transpire uh, regardless of who is elected. It's more a matter of do they have something spectacular that they're planning to do that's going to make sway me to vote one way or the other? And Mm. I'm not seeing that because we're not seeing the debates. I'm sad to say about it. I'll still be at the polls. Do my job. So, so Kevin, uh, before I get our panel to react to some of what you're saying here, give me an idea of what 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 it is you're looking for, or, or where you expect to find it in just a few a few weeks. What is it that that you think will help you make your decision about the presidential decision? So, unless I get something other than mudslinging between A and B. I'm probably going to vote as I voted for years. Um, But I'd really like to think that you give everybody a fair chance. And if one has something that is really, again, outstanding, that I feel is going to make a big enough difference, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of politicians. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, But 
again, that doesn't mean I wouldn't vote for Biden if I didn't. Is that if I heard something from him that made sense? That instead of hearing mudslinging, because that's all I'm hearing right now, and that doesn't make me want to vote for anybody. Mm. So, Kevin, I really appreciate the call and the perspective. Uh, Amina, Amina Army and uh, Mike uh, and Troy, g- give us, give me a sense of how you hear that. Uh, are you hearing enough from the presidential candidates about what they stand for? Amina, I'll start with you. All right. So, um, thanks, Stephen. So, healthcare, infrastructure, housing, education. Um, Donald Trump has been in the office. You know, he's had four years. What is his plan for infrastructure? What is his plan for health care um, if he wants to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act? Um, you know, his appointee, Betsy DeVos, as um, the secretary for education, um, look at housing. So, you know, the caller says that he's not hearing enough from Biden. Um, when I listen to Biden, I hear some plans. And people don't have to agree with every detail of the plan. Hmm. Um, just the fact that there there is a plan with some meat on the bones. That is what I appreciate. Um, if you ask Trump what his, his alternative is to the Affordable Care Act, um, his response is typically, "It's a we've got a great plan. Um, give me some detail. Um, I, I listened to the show maybe last, I think it was last week or week before last when you had um, John James and, and Gary Peters on. You know, again, you know, Gary Peters, he, he had some details to the plan. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a straw man. Um, John James had some really high-level talking points without any any specifics of how you um, repeal the Affordable Care Act and leave um, the clause in for the pre-existing conditions. They've had a really long time to come up with one or two, just just one, <laughs> two solid ideas that would have convinced me while I say that I, you know, I identify as Democrat, if there were Republican candidates who were speaking and having um, a plan, some detailed plans that are aligning with my values that align with, you know, how I continue to live and to keep my household running, I would consider voting for them. Mm. The challenge has been that the divide has been so deeply entrenched and so extreme that for the, you know, to preserve, you know, my best interest and the interest of the people that I care about, you know, the people in this in this metro area and the people of the state, I'm falling, you know, on the side of the Democrats. Mm. Mm. Uh, Mike, uh, give us an idea of what you're hearing in the presidential contest and whether it's enough to make a decision between Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden. Yeah, that's a difficult question. Um, the uh, my, my patience for some of the nitty gritty is uh, not so great. Um, but I do feel like uh, uh, Biden has done a much better job of spelling out what his priorities are. And, uh, you, you know, as Amina mentions, it's just almost unconscionable that after four years, 
Trump still hasn't developed a plan on health care. Uh, while being very critical of Obamacare, he really hasn't come up with an alternative. Um, you know, I think in spite of the division in the country, a strong president could reach across the aisle. There's so many things that I think agreement could be found on. That, and one is infrastructure. Um, prior to the pandemic, I used to do a lot of uh, international travel. Uh, for pleasure. I'm a retiree, so I have the time to do that. And it's just striking outside the United States now that uh, so many countries have much better infrastructure than the United States has. Um, so, um, I, you know, I think there is room for a strong leader to accomplish something, and we don't have to be at loggerheads on every item. Mm, yeah. Uh, again, uh, thanks very much for the call. Uh, and the comments. Let's go to Susan in Birmingham. Susan, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, mostly I have comments. Um, the absentee voting has certainly given me more time to research mm -hmm. the issues and the um, candidates. Um, but I do want to say that I voted absentee for the primary, and I voted absentee for this election. And um, and I want to make sure everybody knows you can go online and you can see the date that the ballot was sent to you and the date that they received the ballot. Right. Um, I've done that for me. I did that for my parents. I also worked the primary from 6 a.m. to midnight with my 17-year-old daughter, and I plan to do it again for the election coming up. So um, I guess this is just a plug. Vote. You don't have any excuse not to vote. If you're worried about whether your um, ballot got received or not, you can go online and you can see exactly what date it was received. And if it wasn't received, you can request another one or, you know, last resort, go in person. But all I just want to say is vote, vote, vote. Yeah. Susan, I'm glad you called and, and shared that information. Uh, there is going to be some some effort that some people are going to have to, to make to make sure that their their mail-in ballots, their absentee ballots, get uh, to get counted just because there are so many quirks with the mail. And you're right. You can go online at the Secretary of State and check to see uh, that your ballot was requested. You can see when it was sent, and you can see when it was received. And if something doesn't look right, you need to follow up or make sure you go in person on Election Day and cast your ballot that way. That is what I am going to do, uh, mostly because I always go to the polls, and, and it's one of the rituals that I, that I really cherish, and I don't want to miss out on it, but also... Uh, because uh, I, I just really feel like uh, that's the most secure way in my mind to make sure that I get to vote and that it gets counted. Okay, I want to thank Amina Army, a voter from Woodhaven, for being here with us. Amina, it was really great to have your perspective with us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stephen. And Mike, a voter from Troy, thank you very much for joining us as well. Thank you, Stephen. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And remember, we will do this again next Friday and the next Friday, which is right before the November 3rd elections. Also, stay tuned to On Point with Magna Chakrabarty. I will be one of the guests on the Friday News Roundup. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.